Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. And today we're going to be discussing insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. While yoga is a familiar word to many people in the United States today, if not most, uh, most people think of it in a very limited way as perhaps a system of exercise or stretching, only focused on strength and flexibility. But in reality, yoga, the Sanskrit word yoga, means oneness, union, or unity. And it really talks about bringing together our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. Our topic today on the Yoga Hour is the right time to change your life. How can changing your schedule change your life? And does when you eat matter as much as what you eat? Scientists have discovered that our body's activities vary significantly between day and night, coordinated by the clock genes present in every cell. The science of chronobiology, or how our bodies respond to the 24-hour cycle, is providing proof for Ayurvedic principles that have been used to promote health for over 3,000 years. And we couldn't have a better person to discuss this with today than my guest, Dr. Suhas Shursagar, a classically trained Ayurvedic physician, motivational speaker, author of The Hot Belly Diet, and co-author with Dr. David Frawley of The Art and Science of Vedic Counseling. Dr. Suhas is a Rig Vedic Brahmin by tradition, an accomplished clinician by training, and an insightful medical astrologer and Vedic counselor. His most recent book, Change Your Schedule, Change Your Life, is co-authored with Michelle D. Seaton. To find out more about his books, teaching schedule, and clinic, see his website at Ayurvedic healing.net. Ayurvedic is A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-I-C, ayurvedichealing.net. Welcome, Dr. Suhas. I'm delighted that you could join me today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. It's always a great joy and honor to be on the Yoga Hour program. So happy to be here this morning. Thank you. So before we begin our dialogue about how changing our schedule can change our life, let's start with a, a, a yoga moment, a moment of meditation. Let's begin by turning our attention within, 
and take this moment out of our busy day to just be present right here and right now. And luckily for us, we have a wonderful tool that's always with us, which is our breath. So let's start by just taking a fully conscious breath, just noticing as we inhale and exhale. Cool air entering the nostrils and warm air flowing out. When we pay pay attention to our breath in this way, we don't seek to change it. We just notice. Just allow the breath to have its natural rhythm. Each inhale allows us to dive within. And with each exhale, we can relax. In this moment, as we dive within, we can open our heart to the essence at the core of our being. This one reality, called by many names, is the support and substance of all that is. This divine essence is always with us. It's within us, between us, and all around us. And just by being present now and noticing, we can rest in this essence of our being. And as we rest there, Sometimes we might notice thoughts or feelings as they arise. We realize we can watch them. Watch them as they arise and watch them as they pass away. We might notice thoughts or feelings. Whatever is there, we just allow it to arise and and pass away and return our attention to the breath. Practice allows us to become aware of our essential nature beyond words and thoughts, beyond change, beyond sensation. This essence, essence of being. We feel the peace that emanates from this essence of our being and allow it to pervade the mental field the emotional nature, and the physical body. And as we feel this peace, we know we can bring this with us into our day and share it with everyone we meet. Dr. Suhas, once again, welcome back to the Yoga Hour. Such a pleasure to talk with you about your new book, Change Your Schedule, Change Your Life, where you pull together information from this science of chronobiology, the study of how time affects bodily functions, and also Ayurveda. While the 3,000-year-old system of Ayurveda has long recognized that there's an optimal daily pattern for our health, I didn't realize that the science of chronobiology had progressed as far as it has. Now there's scientific evidence that links the time of day that we do various activities to health problems such as weight gain, insomnia, exhaustion, stress, and depression. Uh, it's quite remarkable. It's, uh, it must be really fun for you to see these, uh, uh, to have pulled together these studies and see this interrelationship between this science of chronobiology and the things that Ayurveda has known and practiced for literally thousands of years. 
It is really fascinating for me to really go back to my ancient roots and what I have studied and what I grew up with and compare that with the latest scientific research, which is cutting edge, and uh, compare and understand and revalidate this very ancient wisdom of Ayurveda. So chronobiology, the science, is around for the last at least 30, 40 years, but it is reaching to almost uh, to its peak, and last year's Nobel Prize was awarded to three American uh, physiologists for their discovery mm. on the cycling clock gene. So what I mean to say is this understanding of chronobiology as biological timing is is a recent understanding, and based upon this now, there's a whole new field that is emerging based upon uh, timing of doing everything. They're talking about chrononutrition, uh, chronopathology, chronopharmacology. Uh, so there are wow. so many different fields, and I think, I think we are uh, painfully realizing that the timing is absolutely important, especially in medicine, administration of dosage, medicine, food, activities, and the epigenetic atmosphere in which how you allow your body to function in, in a given environment, how it affects you at a, at a DNA level, at a cellular level. And this is exactly right. what Ayurveda is all about, because when you look at this ancient science of Ayurveda, it is, in fact, science of life. The way you live your life is exactly the way you're going to create your body. Yeah. Yeah. So people are more familiar with the term uh, circadian rhythm. I think many people have heard that. And of course, the the word circadian, um, circa, means around, you know, approximately about, uh, and, and dion refers to a day. So really, we're talking about this 24-hour cycle that lasts, you know, it's it's a day. That's what it, you know, that's what it's time to. So what types of bodily activities have now been linked to this 24-hour cycle? And I think it's not just the 24-hour cycle. Yes, it is important. The circadian rhythm in the 24-hour cycle is important, but there are, there are seasonal rhythms on top of that, which is 12 monthly cycles of Earth rotation around the sun. Then there are lunar rhythms, which are a monthly cycle of the moon that is circling around the Earth, which creates tidal rhythms, which are the gravitational influences of the moon on water. And then we all know about the celestial rhythms of the influence of the planetary cycle itself. So I think there are lots of things that are happening, and our little planet Earth is is uh, swirling around sun at a dizzying speed, and moon is, is circling around Earth, and uh, planet Earth is, is tumbling on its own axis. Uh, so all of these movements, whether we like it or not, from, from 50 trillion cells that we have in our body to even a single cellular organism, everyone is affected with the, the cycles of day and night. So the yeah. circadian rhythms are important, diet, sleep, exercise, your, your physiological function, digestion, which is a very important function, your ability to boost your immune system activity. Uh, those all activities that are happening during the day when the physiology is awake and functioning, and when we are deep asleep, there are millions and millions of tasks that the body does uh, in the night itself. So we accumulate toxins when even our life experiences are not completely metabolized, so there's absolutely a need of daily self-renewal. And that daily self-renewal actually happens when you are deeply asleep at times. So detoxification, purification, rejuvenation all happens. And this is all enhanced by a very strong physical and emotional digestive system. So there's a, there's a concept of agni and fire which is allowing this to happen. So the key here is to really harmonize our internal rhythms with those of nature to improve and augment this daily self-renewal. It's almost rebirthing every morning. And as nature moves in recurring cycles of rest and activity, so does the body. So we can't take it for a ride. And the, the schedules have gotten very busy and we are becoming a little bit disconnected. And so the fundamental functions of sleep, diet, exercise, uh, your, your immune system functioning, so many different diseases that are coming out which are purely lifestyle diseases. So I think, I think we need to go back to the basics and really start understanding that what are the most important uh, functions that the body tries to do and what are we doing in order to sync those activities and allow the body to do its job properly.
No, exactly. And that was what I was going to ask about next. So obviously, this is a this is a cycle that is governed a lot by daylight. So how does that work? I mean, I know that, you know, there's this, um, you know, melatonin that level that changes in the body in the 24 hour cycle, and that does respond to light. So how does our body, you know, how does that spread then, you know, through throughout the body? And um, also, uh, um, we've mentioned these clock genes. So can you talk a little bit about the system that the body has to track times? Well, even even tracking of the time has changed recently a lot, Dr. Laurel, and it's very fascinating to even look because about 10, 15 years ago, we believed that there's a little area in our brain which is called a suprachiasmatic nucleus, SCN. Uh, yeah. It is almost the size of a rice grain, which is um, deeply embedded in hypothalamus and right close to our optic nerve. And so the way we interact with our environment was that the light hits our retina and it sends a neural signal to um, the SCN and uh, more or less it tells us whether it is light or dark. And once it knows, it helps us to entrain the clock within SCN and then throughout the peripheral nervous system and the nerves, it tells the rest of the body to carry out various functions itself. Um, and this was, a, this was a school of thought for a very long time. But recently, what we have discovered that it's not only up there, but there is virtually every one of your cells contains a molecular clock that controls its function and interactions with all other cells and tissues. So in essence, rather than being ruled by just one big clock, like um, whose bell tolls through the entire organism like Big Ben in the streets of London, <laughs> every, right. every living thing is like a little timepiece in the clock shop ticking away in unison, and they are perfectly in union uh, coordinating and synchronizing these functions. So this is biological timing, and these are the biological clocks that work and control everything. So the discovery of these clock genes, they are, they are more these cycling autoregulatory feedback loop in their activation and depression cycle takes about one day. And uh, there are various names that we have given to these genes, but they are, they are carrying out almost every function in the body itself, and you don't even have to tell them that they are aware and they are sensing and they are carrying out those things. So they are virtual timekeepers, as we know, and many times the only disruptions, and that's not only true for this situation, but every disruption, that the way what we are doing in our schedules, in our activities, if it is supporting what the body is doing, then it is helpful. Otherwise, it's not. Just to give you another example, that, for example, uh, there's uh, the there's darkness outside and the body realizes it's dark and it's time to slowly prepare for sleep. So around 8.30 and 9 o'clock in the morning, the melatonin starts speaking up and then you want to watch a late night television show and you're watching. No, you're talking about, you're talking about 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night, right? Around 8.30 or 9 o'clock in the night when right, you're exactly. exposed, to, exposed to a flashing glaring screen which mimics as if there's daylight and that the same light signal tells the body it's not night yet and it kind of delays the the secretion and then everything gets on a little bit of a uh, back burner and that backlog kind of disrupts the whole functioning that the body is supposed to lay out throughout the night itself. So one little mistake starts sending and creating disruptions and genetic mutations is whenever there's a chronic imbalance of these kinds, these mutations do happen quite a bit and can lead to many, many chronic diseases. And what I started looking around, especially in my clinical practice, when I started looking around and finding out uh, how people were living their life, um, we can even say that this chronobiological functioning is totally hardwired. You can't change that. means the birds know it. And uh, every species know it. They, they leave the nest at dawn, come back at dusk. They lead their life with, with sunrise to sunset. So this chronobiological functioning in, in the human cells and tissues is pretty hardwired. It's very inflexible biology. And yet the right. social and the economic systems of modern humans is constantly provoking it. So I think the epidemic that we are seeing currently of obesity, metabolic syndrome, insomnia, insulin resistance, depression, they can all be linked to the disruption in circadian rhythms. 
I think that's just, that's really, really fascinating. So what type, you mentioned one thing that disrupts the, the cycle, which is exposure to screens, you know, say after about maybe 8.30 in the evening. What other activities disrupt this cycle? Well, the, the latest research shows us that it's not what you eat, but when you eat is as important as what you eat. Uh, how much sleep you get is important, but when you sleep is even more important than how much sleep you get. Um, mm. It's not whether you get some exercise or not, but when you exercise is equally or even more important than how much exercise you are getting. So I think I think the timing of everything, because uh, imagine that um, it's in the middle of the day around 12, 12.30, and... Uh, your digestive system is awake and it is it is allowing all the enzymic act, uh, uh, enzymatic activity to flow in your gut. The hydrochloric acid is, is secreting bile juice, pancreatic juice. Many of these things are getting ready to digest the food and it sends a signal that you're hungry. But you are you are supposed to enter into a meeting or you are, you have to do a conference call around that time and then you kind of disregard that and then around one thirty or two o'clock you have time to eat. But that wave of that digestion that was making it ready for you to help you digest the food better has come and gone. And then you eat food, but the body won't be able to digest that because it's not completely ready. So you did the right thing. You made the right food at the right amount, but at the wrong time. And whenever we are disrupting this constantly, I think think it is where the imbalance is happening. So I think the, the challenge is that your daily schedule can simply determine your weight, your stamina, your cognition, your mood, and your overall general health. Exactly. And as we have already mentioned, actually, Ayurveda has long recognized the different cycles that occur during the day, the month, and seasons of the year. So let's talk about the day. Can you describe how Ayurveda breaks up the day into six different segments? Yeah, I mean, so we talk about uh, dosha cycles and the dosha clock, and the dosha clock has been around this term for thousands of years as such. And even though we talk about six cycles, they are technically three cycles, and they are just repeating one more time. So when uh, right. early in the morning from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. is the vata time. So 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. is the vata time. Vata is the dosha, which is predominantly air and space combination. So you feel fresh, awakening, rising activity, meditation, yoga, stretching, those things you should be doing around that time. So it's ideally good to wake up around 6 o'clock in the morning. And as we know, the the colonic motility, um, which is bowel movement, is about three to four times stronger around that time because it's the vata time of the day. 6 to 10 a.m., is the kapha time. So 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. is the kapha time. So you're, you're waking up from uh, eight, nine hours of sleep, so you should be doing some vigorous physical exercise, movement. Uh, you're not completely that hungry because you are waking up after seven, eight, nine hours of sleep, and you should be eating something which is warm and light um, to, to pacify the kapha at that time in the morning. And it's a very important time of the day where you're cognitively very awake and fresh and refreshed and you can get a lot of positive activity get it done during those times so around 6 to 10 is the kapha time from 10 to 2 is the pitta time of the day which is fire which is when the sun is at its peak in the sky that's exactly pitta the fire the energy is awake in the body itself. So it's a very fiery time you can get a lot of things done during those times 10, 11, 12 that is the best time when your brain is completely awake, very good time to do creative work. And then I think that's the time also for you to eat your biggest meal of the day. So when the sun is prominent, it's warmer, largest meal of the day. You should be eating around that time. And since it is, it is all awake and you are able to digest that thing, uh, digest that meal at that time, is, is really good to have your big calorie meal at that time. And then 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. is the vata time. So again, that is a time when you can you can still get your work done, but it's more uh, like mundane work chores or responding to emails, making phone calls, or working on the project. So the energy is still very focused and productive. But around four o'clock, when the vata peaks in, that's when you should slowly start unwinding. 
Around 6 to 10 p.m. in the evening is the slowing down time where you should be, again, the sun is setting, you should be having a lighter warm meal, slow down, relaxing activity, getting ready and preparing yourself for bedtime itself. The last bus which takes you there uh, to help you sleep better is around 10 o'clock. And then 10 to 2 a.m. is the pitta time, where is the time for the body to use that agni fire when you're deep asleep to do the cleansing, detoxification, macrophagic activity, variety of different things, cholesterol synthesis, lipid synthesis. So in deep sleep, there's a different type of agni. So even though we divide it in six times, it is technically 2 a.m. and p.m., 2, 2 to 6 a.m. and p.m. is the vata time. 10 to 2 a.m. and p.m. is the pitta time, and 6 to 10 a.m. and p.m. is the kapha time. So this mm. is exactly what Ayurveda has talked about for thousands of years. And when I look at the current chronobiological research about what the body is trying to do and how we are realizing different functions that the body is doing, you can literally superimpose that clock over the dosha clock of Ayurveda, and it's perfectly seamlessly the same. Mm. Yeah. Really fascinating. So as you point out in the book, Change Your Schedule, Change Your Life, in order to change our schedules, we really need to be more in touch with our bodies and begin to notice the effect that different things have on our bodies. So we need like a feedback loop. We need to be able to to check in with ourselves. And I really appreciated the practices that you mentioned that can help us do that. So one of your tips is to begin to take our own pulse before and after eating, before and after exercise, and then, you know, before sleep and then when you wake up. So why why do you think this is important, checking in on our pulse? I think slowing down means I really like the meditation that we did right before we started talking today. It it centers us. It it allows us to be connected with our own inner rhythm. And there's a fancy medical term for this now, and there's a lot of research conducted. It's called as interoceptive awareness. Yes. And that interoceptive awareness is, is just trying to tap in to your understanding. And when you take your own fingers and put on your own pulse, it's almost like a loop which is completed. It's almost a circuit that is completed. And you are sensing with your own fingertips what your heart is doing and the messages that it is sending, uh, that, that sensation of you consciously uh, attending to the homeostatic balance of the body itself is very, very powerful. And you can do that within a few seconds, even a minute. It almost feels, and if you want to try it, you can just put your three fingers comfortably on your pulse. The index finger stands for vata, middle finger stands for pitta, and the ring finger stands for kapha. So index, middle, and ring finger, you put these three fingers comfortably on your radial artery pulse, and with equal pressure with all the three fingers, gently close your eyes, and put attention to your fingertips and just find out under which finger you're feeling uh, in what intensity the movement you're feeling. And you will be able to discern that I feel a little bit more stronger in the middle finger versus the ring finger or the index finger itself. So that is the doshic movement. And just your attention to that is going to slow down the activity and is going to create a meditative calmness instantly. Many times when people are, are just breathing itself, um, their, their breathing patterns are a little bit more up and down with the, the nature of their thoughts. But when they are doing an activity, feeling their own pulse at times, very quickly they are, they are able to slow down the, the activity of the mind because they are putting attention onto something. It's like a mantra technique uh, during a meditation where you use that vehicle to divert your attention from the thought. So here you are, you're using uh, perception to divert your attention from the thought itself. So I, I use it a lot, and there are volumes in Ayurveda written about, about pulse, which is a self-referral experience. You refer to your own self. You are more connected mm-hmm. with your own self. And it's uh, it's a great way to even prepare yourself for your daily meditation. In in just a few minutes, couple of minutes, feeling your own pulse will actually prepare you for a very good meditation. Mm. I think it's a it's a wonderful tip. And with that, we've come to the break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with our special guest, Dr. Suhas. 
Shersagar, co-author of the book we're discussing today, Change Your Schedule, Change Your Life. To find out more about Dr. Suhas's books, teaching schedule, and clinic, see his website at ayurvedichealing.net. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. When we come back from the break, we'll explore more about how changing our schedules can help us to lose weight, get more benefits from exercise, and improve our sleep. We'll be right back. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear the beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. The toll-free number is 1-800-NOW-PRAY. What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for The Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. My guest today is Dr. Suhas, a classically trained Ayurvedic physician, motivational speaker, author, medical astrologer, and Vedic counselor. And we're delighted that he is with us today. Uh, he just told me that in addition to the AyurvedicHealing.net website, there is another one that is more specifically related to the book, which is DrSuhas.com. That's D-R-S-U-H-A-S.com. So check that out. I believe you said there are some videos there and other information uh, as well as information about the book. Right, Dr. Suhas? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Good. So uh, let's go back to talking about schedule, our schedules. So in order to understand the effect that our activities have on our bodies, uh, in addition to checking the pulse, which we were just talking about, one of the other activities you promote is meditation, whether it's seated meditation or walking meditation. Uh, and of course, meditation is one of the main practices of yoga. Which, as I mentioned in the introduction, the word yoga refers to oneness, union, or unity. So in this 
a way um self-study is such an important component you know studying ourselves and so even the thing of checking your pulse that's a you know an aspect of self-study um and self-study is one of the three main practices of kriya yoga so um in your work with people what importance do you uh why do you think meditation is important as we try to change our schedules in positive ways well i think it is even more important because our schedules have gotten very very busy and i think an average person works 13 14 hours each day with emails texting voice messages skyping all the applications social media and time poverty is becoming a real problem right now and especially in the corporate world we practice in silicon valley so there's a perennial time scarcity and uh, in 18th century we we used the clock to synchronize labor and now is time in relation to money so once the hours are financially quantified everybody is investing saving or using time relating to profits so as the economy is growing as the americans are becoming cash rich we are becoming time poor so the time is becoming more valuable and scarcer and time is money mindset that doesn't allow them to give enough time for your own self and that's, that's the right reason. why why meditation is so important because you need to consciously slow down the maddening pace of life and i often tell my patients for a fast acting relief try slowing down and <laughs> <you> can, <laughs> that's great <laughs> and, and and there is uh, there is always a good idea to to organize your mindset organize your thoughts and accomplish more so meditation uh, makes you more productive it's not a waste of time it makes you more productive it makes you more organized and there's enough research that is coming out that is telling that multitasking is actually a waste of time it actually right. shrivels and shrinks your uh, prefrontal cortex in the brain uh, when you are doing too many things together and it reduces your attention span your focus your concentration your productivity and creativity so slowing down actually makes you even a better effective productive person itself and so i think that's really uh, one of the more important things so all the techniques that we are talking about here is trying to consciously slow down and sometimes um, you are too busy and you are not paying attention to what your body is feeling we are becoming human uh, doings instead of human beings and when you are constantly right. chasing something outside then it's not really allowing you to really tap in what's going on and so when we talk about meditation it actually slows down the tempo of life so you are paying attention to your own self you are focusing on your own self you are able to make the right choices and i have seen for for over last 30 years in my clinical practice anybody who actually starts meditating on a regular basis is more careful the way they eat is more careful about their their biological relationship with people with money with everything and they are much more happier easy going and relaxed people so i think uh, one of the antidote for this maddening busy schedule is to get into nature connect yourself with the nature and allow the mind to become more calm and yet more alert and that's the benefit of meditation it's like when you want to send an arrow forward you have to pull it back and the longer you pull it back the harder it's it's going to go farther and farther so mm. whenever you are meditating it's an effortless practice it wakes up our deep inner intelligence and allow our thought and action to be absolutely in tune with the nature itself that's exactly what yoga is whenever you are drawn inward that is yoga when you are drawn outward that is bhoga or indulgence or which can lead to roga which is disease so i think the very purpose of you constantly connecting with your greater self and regulating this uh, thought process and stabilizing your intellect and that's one of the main benefits of meditation and many people think mm-hmm. that meditation is something that you have to become a recluse or you have to wear saffron robes and do something or follow some religious path absolutely not i think it is it is one of the simplest and the easiest technique that you can walk around anywhere you go um and it's it's one of the best way to counterbalance sensory overload unfulfilled desires any threats to your happiness security and i think the poor lifestyle choices you can keep on working with other people who tell you what to do but when the healing comes from inside out you are able to manage your own health at your own level so i don't mm-hmm. think there's 
anything better than meditation simply means to contemplate. And the word medari, where the meditation word comes, simply means to heal. And when you are yes. moving from activity to silence, you are de-stressing the mind and body. You are reconnecting with your essential self, I would say. And this is the true unfoldment of your inner potential. And mm-hmm. what is fun is, uh, is with meditation, you are experiencing the non-change amidst all the change that is happening. So yeah. it is an activity of attention, intention, detoxification. And we can talk and talk and talk a lot about <laughs> meditation. But I think with the interceptive awareness, you tapping into your own body's inner wisdom is actually the need of the hour. And there's no pun intended here. Oh, wow. That was a really ringing endorsement for meditation. I love it and totally agree with everything that you said and appreciate it. And I I also wanted to touch back on this idea of uh, time scarcity. Time scarcity is such an interesting thing to reflect on in that the day has not gotten shorter than it used to be 100 years ago or 200 years ago, but there's this perception of everyone that, you know, time is this really scarce resource. I think it's worth thinking about in our own lives, and this you, you give us lots of, of lenses in which to examine that, you know, when we look at our schedules. So let's talk about that. In order to change our schedule, we first need to know what that schedule is. So what are the most important things to look at in regards to our current schedule? And just to add what you were saying with time is actually means when people are super busy, they are looking at the same clocks and watches that you and me look at, but it feels as if it's it's moving faster and quicker. And when everything is moving in a faster lane, they, they are literally running out of time because of everything, the effect of this time and the way the metabolic activity and the endocrine physiology is working and the way the cortisol regulation is happening in the body is really affecting everything else. So one of the things that I said in my book is diet, sleep, and exercise. These are the three pillars that one should really pay attention to. Number one is eating the right food at the right time. So you should be eating clean foods at the right time. So you should start the day with a lighter breakfast, which is warm, cooked, small quantity of meal when the sun is coming out. In the tender sunlight, your agni or digestive fire is barely waking at that time. So you should be having a lighter meal. When sun is in the middle of the day, that's when you should consume the biggest calorie meal of the day itself. And when the sun is fading in the evening, uh, you should have uh, a lighter meal around 7 o'clock in the evening. So these are very important times. And you should try not to eat anything after 7 o'clock in the evening. Because when I was researching for my book, Hot Belly Diet, one thing which I noticed that um, eat late to gain some weight, sleep late to gain some weight, and about 70% of the country was doing both. So when you are eating late and sleeping late, then it really disrupts everything. And then when you sleep in the night with a big meal in your belly, your heart rate, pulse rate, metabolic rate, the metabolic rate also slows down and you're not able to digest that food. And then you wake up feeling dull, heavy, groggy, toxic, and tired. And someone told you that breakfast is the most important meal and you put another truckload of food on top of that. And then you walk around feeling really dull and heavy and you will need unwanted amount of caffeine to get going throughout the day. So that disrupts the whole cycle itself. So eating light and giving your body 12, 13 hours of fast every night is something very important. So one is diet. So you should be paying attention to cleaner foods, eating less, eating light, eating mostly a plant-based food that I, I often talk about, and eating, uh, eating food that you can digest much more easily. And try not to snack in between the meals if possible. The second component is physical movement and exercise. And I think it's a a psychiatrist dream prescription. And there's nothing better that you can do for your body to give a good physical workout on an everyday basis. And it's not that you have to go somewhere and do one or two or three hours. It's getting it done at the right time. So when you do physical movement, a brisk cardiovascular exercise before breakfast in the morning, around 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, before you eat your breakfast, it's one of the best times because what happens is 
it sheds the heaviness that is going on in the body after after sleeping for seven, eight, nine hours. And then you shed the heaviness, you regain the energy, you make yourself slightly hungry to eat and digest the breakfast. And when you show up to work, you're the most wide awake person. You're absolutely creative and ready to go. And then you can perform and be very productive uh, in, in your work. And then you are hungry at the right time because you have done the workout in the earlier part of the day. And then mm-hmm. again... 4.35 before your evening meditation, you can do some yoga, stretching, some physical movement. The cardiovascular efficiency is at its peak around that time. So again, doing a workout before dinner in the evening is also a good idea. So doing exercise at the right time. I see quite a few people who, who do all, um, all day work and then around 7, 7.30 in the evening, they take their gym bag and go to, go to workout. And then by 8 right. 9, they come back, they're completely re-energized, they're super hungry, so they they have disrupted the whole melatonin cycle because they're wide awake and they're eating now, so now it almost mimics as if it's day and then you are going to stay awake till 11.30 or 12, and then it's going to disrupt everything. So it's not that whether exercise is bad for you, but the timing when people do it, sometimes it can be more problematic than good itself. And the third component, apart from uh, diet and exercise, is the sleep. And I think sleep is one of the most important things that you will do. It's, it's, uh, inflammation is, is rampant in the country. It's a, it's a silent epidemic that we talk about. And I think sleep is one of the most potent anti-inflammatory activity that you will ever do. It is the reset button. Uh, you do millions of tasks in the night before you go to sleep. Uh, and the way you prepare yourself to help you sleep better in the night is exactly how your body is going to wake up energized next day morning. We often say mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. a good day begins the night before. That's and, right. That's right. And, and that preparation. And, and Kriya Yoga lineage, we always talk about this. These two important junction points is, is around sunrise in the morning and around sunset in the evening. These are the two mm-hmm. most important, what I call it as me time, where you should be mm-hmm. doing things for yourself for the first couple of hours in the morning and last couple of hours in the evening. So you should, you should not to expose yourselves to television, uh, screen, iPad, readers, all those screens at least a couple of hours before you go to sleep. Then you can, you can give yourself an oil massage. You can take a hot bath or a shower you want. You can engage into self-reflective journaling. You can recapitulate the whole day. You can crack open a magazine or a book or do something where, where it is allowing the body to get a good night rest and go to bed around 10, 10.30 in the evening itself. So when you are getting a good night's sleep, then you are waking up energized uh, without the need of the alarm clock, and you have enough energy to do the morning workout. So sleep, diet, and exercise, they are not three different components, but they feed off each other. A good diet will create a good night's sleep. A good night's sleep will give you enough energy to function throughout the day and will give you enough uh, uh, boost to do physical activity and the movement itself. So these are the three pillars of the health, and that's the very core basis and the message in the book itself. And another important one is looking at the schedules the way you live, exposing yourselves to, to sunlight, making sure that whatever work schedule you have, you are exposing your body to outdoor light and sunlight, finding some window space, and trying to allow yourselves to uh, interact with the natural light than artificial light, uh, light all day long. No, exactly. That's just what I was going to bring up. You know, when you were talking about the exercise piece and you talked about, you know, exercising outdoors in in the morning, first thing in the morning, even if it's a short period of time, because um, when I was reading about the sleep, the sleep section of your book, you were talking about a lot of people say, um, I can't get to sleep that early. I can't get to sleep at 10. You know, I need to stay up, you know, until I'm not sleepy until midnight. But they don't realize that it's their own patterns that are creating that. And that, you know, one of the, uh, one of the things, one of the ways that they can reset that is by exposing themselves to natural light first thing in the morning, right? Absolutely. And, and when you are awake at the right time, then your body is pleasantly tired by the, by the evening. 
to allow yourself. And these are all habits that the way you are going to reset your clocks and you can, you can allow yourselves to, to feel sleepy. And quite a few people actually feel around 8.30 or 9 o'clock uh, yawning and sleepy and ready to crash. But they look at the clock and say, who wants to sleep at that time? And then they, they grab a snack or they get busy with watching something. And by the time they realize, they have missed the bus. And then they are tossing and turning and not able to sleep. And then they keep on telling themselves that I am a late sleeper or anything like that, which is not true. So I think that's it's right. cultivating positive habits and, and, and the sleep hygiene. That's exactly what I talked in the book about is, is absolutely important. Yeah. And then the one other thing I was going to highlight is this idea of not eating after, say, 7 p.m., um, not having anything to eat, or at least a few hours, say two, three hours before, you know, bedtime, which would make it again, you know, if your bedtime is 10, 1030, we're talking about 7, 730. And the reason is that literally, um, you know, you go through this in the book where the digestive system is, it's, it, there is a time to it. I mean, it is, there is, there are times of the body that the body is trying, is ready to digest. And there are other times when the body's not ready to digest. And we keep putting food in the body when it's not ready to digest. And it interferes, can interfere with the sleep cycle. So eating late, um, after you eat, it usually spikes the insulin. The insulin level goes up and that actually blocks the melatonin and the other hormones, you know, that, that are, you know, help us help our body prepare, you know, for eating, uh, or sorry, rather for sleeping. The hormones that, that prepare our body for sleep are kind of blocked by these like late evening snacks. So. And they, they tried this with the laboratory mice. They gave almost the same calories, but they, they used to wake them up several times, turning on the lights and feeding them. And without, without changing the calorie amount, they all started gaining weight because they were eating the same calories in the night, exposure to artificial light, and when the metabolic system had completely shut down. Well, unbelievably, we've come to the last couple of minutes of the program. So you've given us a lot of information about uh, positive changes we can make in our schedule. But for people who are just starting out, it can be daunting to try and change a bunch of things at the same time. So what do you recommend as the first one or two things to try in terms of changing our schedule? Well, I think I think there are a few things that... Um Everybody can do. Number one is step away from artificial light into sunlight for a few minutes several times during the day. So if you're sitting in your cubicle, you're working with your desk lamp or overhead tube lights or anything, just step away from that and get outside, um, take, take a walk around the block for a few minutes or just get outside, get some fresh air, expose yourselves to sunlight for a few minutes several times during the day. And I think anybody should do that. Anybody can do that. The second is avoid any blue light at least a couple of hours before you sleep and turn off the lights by 10, 10.30 p.m. So mm-hmm. uh, whatever you want to watch, um, cell phones, computers, iPad, e-readers, don't, don't even look at them after 8, 8.30 in the evening. So mm-hmm. uh, 8.30 curfew, electronic curfew, if you start following it, you will notice your sleep is getting better and better and you're waking up easily and effortlessly and you will notice that you have more spike of energy early in the morning. Mm. The second thing is try to eat less or no food after 7, 7.30 in the evening, as Laurel said. And so that is very important because if you're going to eat something later than that, then reduce the portion significantly. So uh, it's human that sometimes you're showing up late, so you get home by 8 o'clock or something. Then whatever you're going to eat, eat only 50% of that. If you're going mm. to say now the only time to eat is, is 9 o'clock, then eat only 25-30% of what you're supposed to eat. So reduce mm. the portion drastically at that time if you're going to eat late. Okay? Mm. The third thing is... Well. Go ahead. So the last thing is is make sure that you get some morning brisk workout done. So whatever type of brisk workout you can do, uh, whether it's it's gentle walk, getting outside, doing some jump rope or even jump jumping jacks or anything that you can do for for twenty thirty minutes in the morning, and that's that's very important. Perfect. I think we've given our listeners lots of ideas about how they can change their schedules in really positive ways for their health. 
This is uh, the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. We've been discussing how changing our schedules can have this very positive impact on our health with our special guest, Dr. Suhas Shursagar. Classically trained Ayurvedic physician, motivational speaker, and co-author, actually author, he corrected me, of the book we've been discussing today, Change Your Schedule, Change Your Life. To find out more about his books, teaching schedule, and clinic, see his website at ayurvedichealing.net, and more specifically for the book, drsuhas.com. Thank you again, Dr. Suhas, for joining us. Namaste. Thank you. Join us next week for an encore episode from our archive from July 12, 2012. The title is Breath, the Key to Consciousness, Vitality, and Liberation, when author and yoga teacher Richard Rosen joined Yogacharya O'Brien for an exploration of how yogic breathing practices can open the door to expand energy and awareness. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. For more information about CSE, Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, visit csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team. Regular host, founder, and director, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers, Ann Hayes and Sean Smith, and as always, Jeff Comfort in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again while Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Great teachers through the ages have spoken of the importance of our mind and of being master over our thoughts. How often do we forget that we are the ones who decide what thoughts we'll hold and what thoughts we'll reject? The world's great teachers also remind us that our thoughts create our experience. We may not be able to change what is happening in our world, but we can always choose how we will respond to the changing situations of our lives. With a positive attitude, your chance for success in any situation can be greater. That's because a positive attitude will inspire you to look for workable solutions rather than allowing negative thinking to limit your decision-making. This law of life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org.
truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you are ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 